Welcome to the J2 Hub podcast, where we focus on everything from property development, hot entrepreneurially business topics, and real-life scenarios facing business owners just like you and I. Brought to you by James Sahota, we bring you exciting real-life property, business and entrepreneurially related hot topics, and that little bit more. So welcome everybody to another episode of the J2 Hub podcast. I'm again very, very excited today to be joined by a young man who I have known for almost a year now and we've been working on a very exciting project together, a project that uh, this chap has handled for me from day one. He's made it very, very easy for me with this project. I haven't had to be on site at all or very minimal time on site. Um... We employed him as a project manager to handle one of our latest builds, which was a six-bed HMO over in Middlesbrough. And I have to say, he made it easy-peasy for me. I didn't have to do anything other than, you know, check in with him from time to time, approve certain things, pay bills, and just generally have a chit-chat and a conversation. So this week's podcast is very much focused on looking at project management and talking to this young man who is a superb project manager not only has he worked in the project management field on a professional level, but he also project manages property builds, renovations and um, all kinds of bits for, for other investors. And not only for investors, but for himself as well. Um, when you've got, when you, when this, this chap has got so much discipline in his own life, through his own diet, through the way he is, through his training. Um, and I think for us, as soon as we knew his level of dedication to his personal life, uh, we knew that he was going to give the same uh, same kind of output in the whole project management field, which was apparent when he handled our project for us. So today I'm very excited to welcome Theo, Theo from Al Ali Properties over in um, Middlesbrough up in the northeast. So welcome Theo, if you can hear me. Like I was saying, guys, I'm super excited to have him on the show. He was our PM and he was a super PM. So, Theo, let's start by taking you back. Where were you when you decided to go into property? Tell me some background information about you. Tell us all about you. Yeah, so I'm Theo. I'm from Payside. Um, and, yeah, I've been, I'm a property investor. And they also do project management for um, other investors. So a little bit about me. Previously, um, I was a, started off in school, same as everyone else. Um, and then left school, went to college, um, done electrical engineering, and followed the path that was most tread. Um, my family, my father is an engineer, so it was sort of the natural, the natural um, career progression for me. So tell me a little bit about yourself, Theo. Tell me where were you before you came into property, and what were you doing before you went for a career down the property field? Yeah, so I was um, I was in a, I've trained to be an engineer. So I uh, I've got a degree in instrumentation and control engineering, and I've done that part time at university whilst also hold, holding down a, a full time job. Um, and yeah, it's 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 been it was a rewarding career. I've done that for around six years, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. But I knew that there was a lot more to uh, a lot more to life than being stuck in a nine-to-five job. Um, so at 19 years of age, I decided 
I had a little bit of money um, that I'd saved up, and I got a little uh, little loan from my father as well. And I, yeah, I bought my first property. Um, it was just a, a little two-bedroom house in, in mid terrace house in Middlesbrough, and yeah, basically refurb that and rented it out. Bought nothing of it. It was just somewhere to park. It was just somewhere that was safe to park my money, really. Um, and yeah, just went back to university, got my head down, got educated, um, yeah, and basically followed followed um, followed what I'd been what I'd been taught, which was get educated, get a job, and uh, yeah, pay your mortgage. <laughs> so um, once yeah, once I left the university, I um, I took a career with. Uh, with various engineering companies in the northeast as an engineering project manager so I started off as an engineer worked my way up to a project manager and was managing multi-million pound engineering projects um, importing machinery from all over the world and uh, installing it here in the northeast yeah yeah so installing machinery so so what that was your first kind of uh, first kind of taste of project management was it Yes, yeah, so that was that was my first, that was yeah that was where my career sort of led me to. It was first I was working as an engineer, and I, I wasn't I'm not the most technical person. I'm not the most sort of yeah I'm not the most practical in terms of hands on. So project management suited me down to the ground because uh, it's it, it focused um, a lot of my strengths, which was sort of being disciplined, organised, time um, managing things in a timely, efficient manner. Etc. And I was very good at um, seeing the bigger picture and managing the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. So, whilst you were working at this engineering firm as a project manager, uh, what were you doing alongside in terms of property? Yeah. So, in two uh, in property. So, I just bought my first one. That was at nineteen years old. Um, I, like I said, I didn't really think much of it. Um, and I didn't do anything else within property until I started. I come across some books and podcasts and whatnot, um, and that was in. But it was back end of twenty seventeen. Okay. And I thought, yeah, this is this is definitely what I need to what I need to be doing. Um, I don't really be want to. I don't really want to be working in a nine to five for the rest of my life. Um, I hated the fact that I was very constrained in in a workplace. I could only I'd need to be. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, but you need to be on site for a certain time. You can only leave at a certain time. You have to do your certain tasks X, Y, and Z, and you've always got somebody to answer to. You can't just go on holiday whenever you want. It's always got to be approved by your manager and this and that. And I've always been the type of kid. Even when I was a kid, I wasn't. I, I'd never took well to being told what to do, and whereas property, it, it, it was, it's a lot more passive than that. Obviously, you, you do the work once, don't you? Um, and, yeah, you find the property, you do it up, you rent it out, and then you, you just it's just ongoing management after that. Um, and, it's, and it frees up a lot of your time. You're investing in assets. You're, ex, you're not exchanging your time for money. Um, you, your assets are basically, your assets are working, are working for you. Mm. Okay, so you're you're 19 years old. You've bought your first property. What does it look like? 
What talk, talk to me about this deal? Your first one. Yeah. So it was a it was a two bedroom mid terrace house in 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 Middlesbrough. Um, it was it was nothing special. I mean, it needed it needed a fair bit of work doing to it. Um, needed it needed rewiring, needed replumbing, replastering, needed everything doing to it. So we bought that for thirty seven thousand pounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know this is quite cheap compared to you some of this, but yeah, thirty seven thousand pounds. <laughs> um, we spent around I think it was about five grand on it. And it got revalued at 50. It got revalued at 50 grand. But we didn't revalue it straight away because I didn't know anything about this buy, refurbish, refinance strategy. We just bought it, um, done the work, and then rented it out. So it was an unencumbered property. At the time, I couldn't get I couldn't get mortgages, obviously due to my age and whatnot. Um, so it was an unencumbered property. It was only until 2017, back end of 2017 when I started to get educated. That's when I sort of, figured out that what I've done is a buy a refurbish, but I just haven't refinanced it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when I, I refinanced that property and then and then uh, and then went from there, yeah. So when you were nineteen years old, where were you getting uh, most of your advice from? Where was your property education coming from? Yeah, it was just coming from my dad. Um okay. my dad's got a, a few buy to lets. Um he's a very old school landlord, my dad. He's very um, does everything himself, um, manages tenants himself, does all the repairs himself. So you can imagine he's a very old school, hands-on landlord. Um, so that's where all my education come from. And yeah, and I, and I seeked a lot, most of my advice from him at the time. Mm-hmm. So what made you go very, like, not hands-on? Because I know from knowing you for a while now, you don't like to get your hands dirty in any of the projects, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was... Yeah, it was it was once I started reading books and listening to podcasts um, and speaking to to other investors that are that are a lot um, further ahead than I am. It's then that's when I noticed that my time is much better spent um, looking at the bigger tasks, so buying properties, managing the refurbs, um, yeah, just working on my strategy rather than getting hands on. Um, because getting hands-on and managing your own tenants and repairing your own properties or refurbing your own properties, okay, it saves you a few quid, but it takes your focus away from the bigger income-generating um, tasks that you can that you can be focusing your time to. So this is where you've got to put a, a, a value to your time. Mm-hmm. So what would you say was the first kind of – so you're educating yourself back into 2017 – is there anything that still sticks in your mind, like the first book you may have read or the first podcast where you thought, a oh, light bulb moment, this is what I'm going to do? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to sound very cliche here, but it was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, same as, uh, same as everyone, everyone else's first ever book. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that was, that was one of the books that sort of yeah, taught us about um, assets and liabilities and not exchanging your time for money, etc. Whereas if, if you if you are manage if you are very hands on you still you're still exchanging your time for money really, um, and yeah that that doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. So yeah. I like to focus on the things that I enjoy, and uh, and I don't really enjoy getting hands on to be honest. Yeah, I've noticed that you're one of the guys I know who has the softest hands. Hard to see. Not that that's <laughs> a bad thing. Got to keep them well moisturized. That's it, mate. They're very very uh, very very soft and very very well groomed. <laughs> Let me take you back to when you were a kid. So you 
did you watch your dad for a long, long time in property? Was it always around you when you were growing up? No, I mean, it wasn't always around me. It was around me. I mean, my dad only started investing, um, what, about 15, about 15 years ago. So, but yeah, I mean, it, it was sort of instilled into me from a very young age um, that, that buying property is is a is a good a good way to go, a good place to be parking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a bit, bit like myself, actually. I mean, uh, I think, I don't know if it's a cultural thing or if it's a, you know, an Asian and Arab thing, but even with myself, very, very early on, I knew from my mum and family members that buying a house was not a wrong thing to do. So when a lot of my yeah. friends were buying cars or going out on holidays and having a great time, you know, as hard as it was to take at the time, I was getting it from my mum. No, 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 you've got to buy a house. You've got to do this, you know. It's the best way you'll thank me one day. And, you know, hats off to her. I thank her every day now because if I hadn't listened to her, there's no way it'd be on the on the whole property market now. Yeah, yeah. So Yeah, it's not solid, solid advice. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I agree, mate. I agree. Yeah, I'm thankful. At the time, I thought she was a nutter. But now I, I look back and think, no, that was, that was pretty <laughs> solid advice. You can never get started too soon with property. No, no, totally. So let me let me take you back a little bit again. So before nineteen, you're in school. You grow. What were you like in school? Was there this entrepreneurial spirit there? Was there something going on? Was there something ticking in your head in the playground? When you yeah. Were there? So I've always been one of these one of these kids that's sort of on the playground trying to hustle, trying to sell, trying to trying to buy some sweets and then sell them on the playground. Um, I was always sort of a kid that was trying to make a few quid here and there. Um, and that's that's basically still that still is the case till today. But instead of trading sweets, I'm trading bigger things. Yeah, yeah. Now that do you know what? It's funny because more people I speak to, I get the same kind of uh, same kind of answer from them. A lot of them were hustling or trying to hustle, or had an eBay shop going, or they were exchanging sweets for money, or you know, selling rulers or pencils close to exam time when people didn't have stuff. So it yeah, seems to yeah. be a very, very, very common common trait. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I got caught a few times, um, got all the sweets confiscated from me, got the money confiscated from me. But did that stop me? No. The next day I was still still trying to, still carrying on selling. Yeah, no, good on you, mate, good on you. Um, I want to ask you a question about, about money. Um, a lot of people nowadays you know, going into property and there's different ways of raising funds through joint venture partners, through mortgages, through borrowing. I even know people that are using cash advances on credit cards. For yourself, when you were 19 in the early days, like you said, you couldn't get a mortgage because of your age. How were you raising funds? How are you raising funds to get these deals done? Yeah, so I was. it was just basically everything that I'd saved up. Um, so from from a young age, uh, I mean, I was I was buying and selling phones at the age of sixteen. Um, I made a few quid from there. At seventeen, um, I bought a I bought a takeaway, and I was running a takeaway for a couple of years, and and then I sold it. So it was again, it was it was money from there as well. Hold on, um, let me just stop you there. So you're seventeen and you bought a takeaway. It was just just before I was seventeen. Actually, it was I think about a month before I was seventeen. I bought a takeaway. Um, yeah, it was a rundown. It wasn't even a takeaway. It was a, it was a chip shop. So it was a chippy in a in a in a bit of a a bit of a rough area. 
um, but it was a rundown chippy. It was barely making any money, and the the seller um, couldn't wait to get rid of it. It was just a burden on him. Um, so this is going back to like this is this is what I realise now is he was a motivated seller at the time. So this is obviously what we learned about buying BNP and properties and whatnot. But yeah, he was a motivated seller at the time. He was someone that was just completely sick of working seven days a week and. Yeah, and, and business wasn't very good, and yeah, and, it, and he took ill health as well. So he just really couldn't wait to get rid of this 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 takeaway. Um, so I went in at yeah I, as a young kid, and uh, I made him a daft offer. Um, funny enough, he uh, he actually accepted the offer, and uh, yeah, and and then I got keys to a keys to a chip shop. Yeah, that's pretty um, remarkable stuff, man. So you're not even 17; you're 16 years old, yeah. and you're buying a takeaway restaurant. You're buying a business that's run down. Yeah. How yeah. does that work, man? I don't. You know, I'm trying to comprehend that now because I remember when I was 16, <laughs> there was there there wasn't like plans to buy a chip shop or even buy a business. That's that's pretty. Uh, well, it was yeah. It was it was never planned to be honest. Um, so after. I've always been working, so at 15, I was working. Um, I was working in takeaways and pizza shops. So on a obviously during the week, I'd be selling selling sweets and crisps and whatever on the playground. And then on Friday and Saturday night, the, the busiest nights for a takeaway, I'd be working inside a takeaway. Um, and so I've got a couple of years of experience of, of obviously working in takeaways. And then I thought, you know, going back to what I was saying, I wasn't really one of those kids that liked being told what to do. Um, so I got a couple of years of experience and I thought, why do I need to work for someone? Why don't I just try and try and do this myself? Mm-hmm. Um, I went online and, uh, and I found a commercial agent that was selling, that had a, had a takeaway up for sale. Um, yeah. And I went and viewed it, made him a daft offer and, and he accepted it. And then next thing you know, I own a takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> I own, I own a chip shop. And that's where it all began for you. That's where it all began, yeah. Um, closed that chip shop down straight away, refurbished it, turned it into a takeaway, a pizza takeaway, because I could see there was a niche in that in that area. Um, the, it was a really highly populated um, estate, and yeah, and it, and it turned it around, and it was it, it was uh, it was pretty successful. And how long did you have and that for? Have that for two years. So it was just before I think it was about nine, just before I was turned nineteen. Well, it was about 19 um, I sold it so I sold that shop and then I took that money from the shop and I put it into a property right so that's where it began so the pizza that's, shop that's where it began yeah okay okay Do you, any part of you wish you kept it no no part whatsoever <laughs> <laughs> coming home stinking of, uh, of chip fat and the rest of it and working long hours seven days a week yeah it was it was tough managing staff yeah, I employed five stuff at the time. Wow, and you're and you're like you know you're not even you're seventeen at the time managing staff. Seventeen year old. Yeah. No, mate, that's uh, that's pretty remarkable. You've you've vaguely told me this story before, and I always uh, I always find it pretty amazing. So uh, yeah, no, thanks very much for sharing that. <laughs> so Fio, I want to I want to ask you something, mate. Anybody um anybody who's met Fio will realize he's quite a he's quite a big bloke. When I mean a big bloke. <laughs> He's a, he's a bloke who likes to look after himself. You know, he's got a big set of guns. You can you can always tell when someone takes care of themselves because they look a certain way. And Theo's got a very, very good build. 
He looks he looks very, very good. I want to ask you something, Fiona. To a lot of people, when you see someone who's got big muscles, you just think, ah, oh, look at this muscle head. But for me, over the years, I've got a lot of respect for people like that because for me, when I look at someone like that, that just oozes discipline. That's someone who's just, you know, who's very, very dedicated to a cause and uh, is disciplined and self-self-disciplined. Talk me about that because you briefly told me that you you had a bit of a weightlifting career. You you know you won a competition, and I think you know that's that is hard stuff. It's not stuff that everybody can do. Everybody wants to have that six pack, that great looking body, and you actually crafted that. So do you mind just sharing a little bit of that with us? Yeah, um, yeah. So I've always been uh, interested in, in in bodybuilding and. And going to the gym, I've always been obsessed with fitness and whatnot. Uh, yeah, started. I joined the gym when I was fifteen years old. Um, yeah, and and I was always looking at those big boys and just always wished I would uh, I'd be like them. Uh, but yeah, I ended up taking it to to a, a level further, and I enjoyed I enjoyed it that much that I ended up setting myself a goal to compete. Um, to compete on on stage for for bodybuilding, and whenever I'm the type of person that whenever I set a goal, I'll I'll, I'll always work my arse off in order to achieve it. Um, sometimes my 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 goals I don't set them big enough, I absolutely smash them. So it for me it's it's always about trying to set a goal that's sort of a little, out of reach because then it makes you work that little bit harder. Um, but yeah, I ended up. Uh, so I've been training ever since I was 15, 16 years old. And then at the age of uh, 22, 23, 23, I decided that I wanted to, to take this to another level and start competing. So I got coach. I had a coach. Um, I was part of a, a great gym in Newcastle. It was a very old school bodybuilding gym. And uh, yeah, it took, me about, it took me about nine months to prepare for this. And I went into the BNBF um, Federation. So it's, this stands for British Natural Bodybuilding Federation. And yeah, they had a, a competition coming up in the northeast. It was in Newcastle, and I put in for it. And yeah, then before you know it, I was uh, I was crowned the champion of uh, of my weight category for yeah. It was back in 2016. I got first place for uh, the under 70 kilograms. Wow, uh, men's bodybuilding. You kept that a big secret, didn't you? <laughs> it's not what? something that I brag about. So when you said it took you nine months to prepare, how did you look prior to that nine months? I'm guessing you were still in very good shape. Oh yeah, I was in good shape, but I was uh, a lot very bulky. So obviously, uh, I mean, anyone that, that, that knows bodybuilding, you've got to sort of bulk up and be able to come back down. Right. So yeah, I was I was in good shape, but I was uh, I was carrying a little bit of fluff, if you like. Yeah. I mean, anybody who yeah. knows James, he's in a constant bulking stage. <laughs> <laughs> but no, just just getting back to seriousness, for me, when I the first time I met you and I saw you had a physique like that, for me, because I used you as a project manager, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but I knew straight away that that was one of the traits that oozes discipline out of someone. When you see someone who looks like that, and not only for a short period of time, they just look like that all the time, that means that they are very, very regimented and very, very strict in what they do. And I think yeah. even now, even now when we have dinner or we meet up, you're still very regimented in the way you yeah, are, yeah. right? Yeah. 
Yeah, for me, it's it's not a diet. It doesn't. I don't think of it as a diet. For me, it's a lifestyle. I'm, I'm, this is what I'm used to. I've been doing it for ten years, and it's not something that you can just forget or give up easily. I mean, okay, everyone has cheat meals every now and again, but for me, it's it, eating clean and, and going to the gym. It's a lifestyle, so I'm always eating clean. I've always got my set food, set times. Um, I'm go. I go to the gym first thing in the morning. Yeah, so I love being in that routine. Um, and yeah, it, it for me, I don't even need to think about it. I don't need to think about eating clean. It just it just happens. Just naturally happens. And what happens when you naturally happens? Yeah. What happens when you're having an off day? What does Theo do when he's having an off day and he wakes up and he thinks, "Oh man, I can't be. I, I can't <laughs> do this today. I can't be asked with this." <laughs> no, I mean every every now and again, uh, obviously go off, go off for a meal, have a bit of dessert and whatnot. But yeah, I mean. Me and you would be for some big boy curries, so. <laughs> but I gotta say, I mean, while I'm diving in for the desserts, you know, it's 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 remarkable watching you because you're so disciplined. There's a there's a plate of dessert in front of you, and you can just look at it and just think, "Nah, I'm not eating that." Whereas James <laughs> is looking at it, thinking, "I'm diving straight in." <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it helps that I don't really have a sweet tooth either, to be honest. So, um, I'm more of a, a savoury type of guy. Um, yeah, so it, it, I mean, it's, it's just, it, it's a habit. It's become a habit. Would you say um, your discipline in the gym and your discipline generally in life helps you in in project management in the property deals you do? Yeah, of course. I mean, it requires patience. It requires discipline. It requires you to be able to get up in the morning and, and do things, and, and sometimes it's not things that you want to do, but you know that you've got to do them. And the gym's the same thing, bodybuilding's the same thing. You've got, sometimes, you, you really can't be bothered getting up and going for a workout. Sometimes you want to have an off day. Um, sometimes you don't want to do your cardio. But yeah, I mean, it's exactly the same thing with project management, same thing with property. It's the same thing in life, to be honest. Um, you need to be, you need to have that discipline in, in when you're having a bad day, when you don't want to do anything. When you don't want to, uh, don't want to go to site, you've got to, you've got to push yourself, and uh, you've got to silence that inner voice inside of you that tells you, "Oh, just take a break," or "We'll do it tomorrow." That procrastination, um, yeah, and that all comes down to discipline, really. Mm. Yeah, maybe one day that silent voice inside me will shut up. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still working on that one. Right, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna move it back through to property now. So. When um, so now you're you're 19. You bought you bought your first property. Uh, you get onto 2017. You've got all the education you need. Where does the where does the big kind of uh, increase start happening? Where do you start buying more and more and more and more? How, and how does the pattern pan out to where you are today? Yeah, um, I mean it all comes down to to education and obviously having having funds available. Uh, so I'm back in the 2017. I yeah, I got like I said, I educated myself. I refinanced that property that that I bought at 19 because it was unencumbered. That enabled me to free up some cash to buy to buy a property. Um, I bought a three-bedroom semi-detached house um, below market value. Refurbished it. Got it refinanced within six months. And yeah, and then that, again, that gives that give me. Here it give me. I've got. I've now got two properties that are cash flowing each month, and B it's give me my capital back to uh, to continue investing. 
So no money in deals, were they? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, some of them were no money in deals. Some of them have been uh, very little money left in deals. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, the, I managed to recycle most of my cash out. And is that, is that your strategy? You'd like to pull most of your money back out? That's my strategy, yeah. So my strategy is buy, refurbish, refinance. Uh, as long as I as long as I keep doing that, then then I shouldn't I shouldn't run out of money. That's the plan anyway. That's the plan, yeah. That is the plan, mate. <laughs> so what? Um, so when did you make the announcement that you are you're pretty much full time in property all all along your journey? But when was it official that you were just like that? Is it Theo is now a full time property developer? I do nothing else but property. Yeah, so it was only uh, last year. It was August last year, um, August 2019. It's when I, uh, yeah, I was in a, a full time job. I was an engineer project manager. I was on a very, very good salary. Um, I was very comfortable, to be honest. Um, good salary. I had a portfolio that was, that was obviously paying me. Um, why would anybody else want anything more? I mean, you could just. I had some really, I had a really decent job. It was, yeah, it was, uh, there wasn't too much pressure on me. But it got to a stage where my property portfolio was demanding more time than I could give it. Um, and, yeah, and I enjoyed working on my, working on my property career a lot more than, than my engineering career. And, yeah, and the company that I was working for at the time, it wasn't really going through. Uh, it was going through a tough time financially. So push comes to shove, I, uh, I, I basically left that job, um, and yeah, decided that I want to. I want to focus a hundred percent of my time on on building uh, my portfolio. Okay. Um, when you, what was the reaction from friends and family when you said, "Hey, I'm now in full time property. This is what I yeah. do." Yeah, I mean, it's 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 mainly. I mean, I keep a very small circle. I mean, you know, you know, James yourself. I I have a very small circle, to be honest. Um, so the people that I keep around me, uh, uh, they're around me for a reason. I mean, because they are they're positive, they're successful, um, and they they're encouraging, and I can and I can they're trustworthy. Um, so the people, yeah, I mean, it was mainly family. Um, I mean, my family sort of. Oh, you shouldn't really give up a job. It's, it's obviously it's security. It's it's a fixed income coming in at the end of each month. What if you have too many repairs on your property? You know the usual, the usual stuff that that, that family come out with. Um, but you've like I said, you've just got to sort of you've got to silence those voices and and, and uh, you've got to believe in yourself. And if and if you believe in yourself, then then that's all that matters. That's all that's all you need really. You need that confidence. And the encouragement from yourself in order to be able to take that step. Mm-hmm. So, what did the first morning look like for you? The first morning of, I'm now a full time property developer. You wake up. What was it like? How did it feel? <laughs> I'll be honest with you. The first day, I thought to myself, I'll uh, I'll sleep in for a day. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'm sick of waking up at half five every morning. I thought let's have a sleep in. So I got I slept in. I still woke up at seven o'clock. But uh, yeah, did you I, go I to the to gym? The, I went to the hey. gym. That was the first thing that I done. I went to the gym. Um, yeah, I went to the gym, and at the time I was coming towards the end of uh, the end of a, a, 
a, ref, a, a refurbishment for my six bedroom um, HMO, which which you've been to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was basically I was I was on site just managing the trades, uh, making sure everyone knew what they were doing, and yeah. I mean, you know yourself that the most stressful part of a project is is towards the end when you've got all of those little little snags and because they're, they're they're the ones that take the most time. Yeah, um, of course. So yeah, that that was my first that was my first day. And how did that lead into your first week and first month in terms of? Did you find you were busier? Did you find? Did you think, hey, this is great, or did you think, God, I'm I still don't have enough time to manage what I'm doing. Uh, no, I didn't find myself busier because I freed up, if you think about it, I freed up 40 hours of my week. Okay. So all of a sudden I had 40 hours of my week because before I was working, I was doing eight hours during the day. I would go home and I would work for about four or five hours on an evening. And then I would use my weekends as well. I would, I'd be working weekends, doing viewings, site, site visits and whatnot. Um, whereas... Now I've all of a sudden freed up hours of my time a week so I could do all of those things that I was doing on evenings and weekends during the day. And yeah, and, and, and actually estate agents started taking me a little bit more seriously, to be honest, because mm-hmm. I wasn't just popping in on weekends. I wasn't just ringing them um, out of hours or obviously on weekends or during my lunch break at work or whatnot. I was in their office on, on, a, on a weekday during normal working hours, so they can see that you're not you're not there to play around. You're there to be taken seriously, because this is this is what I'm doing now. This is my full time career. It's my full time job. It's not it's not a it's not a hobby that I just sort of pick and choose when I like to uh, to carry on with it. Yeah. So when you were when you were visiting estate agents, um, um, you're saying they were starting to take you a little bit more seriously in 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 terms of offering you better deals or, you know? Yeah, 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 of course, yeah. Um, so there were, I was getting a few more phone calls um, with with deals that, that, aren't coming, that aren't on the market yet, so off-market deals. Um, yeah, and I was I was I managed to build rapport with the agents a little bit more because, I, again, I had more time to uh, to spend with them. Um, yeah, so in, in, in return, I started getting more deals. Well, that's great. Power of your network, eh? Exactly, yeah. One thing I was going to ask you, last night I was at um, a PPN event um, with you know with our friend Tedge. It was a great yeah, event. Yeah. And uh, that's it, old Tedge. Um, and Susanna Cole was on. Everyone knows who Susanna Cole is. And one thing she mentioned was she said that she's got a massive £45 million portfolio. Yeah, it's huge. And she said yeah. one thing she said that really pricked my ears was she said, None of her deals have been found on Right Move. She goes, if you're looking for a deal on Right Move, you're already too late. Yeah, yeah. What's What's your opinions on that? No, I agree. To be honest, um, the deals, the best deals that I've ever bought, have been off market. Um, sometimes, sometimes you do. You, you you can still get. I mean, I'm not saying you can't get deals on on Right Move. Of course, you can. But the best deals are off market. You've got no competition. Um, you've, you can pick them up at a much better price. Yeah, and just a lot more easier to, uh, to 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 deal with and get over the line. To be honest. Mm-hmm. And how how are you finding your off market deals? 
Yeah, I mean, I'd love to be able to say that I've got a constant stream of them, but <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> I mean, I've I've just upped my uh, my direct vendor marketing. Uh, um, so yeah, I've just been doing leaflet drops, uh, social media marketing. Um, yeah, and, and and just sort of yeah, tr- uh, trying to build a bit more rapport with somebody. So you're you're doing more uh, direct to vendor stuff. Tell me a little bit more about this direct to vendor stuff because I remember you showed me a. Um a cool little thing that you're doing with your phone where people can just buzz in and get an evaluation and all sorts. Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've just set up like a, obviously I've, I've got a, I've got a phone number on there that, that people can, can call up 24-7. Um, it goes to a, to a, to a call centre. Um, they'll take their details. So they'll take the, the vendor's uh, name, number, address, why they're wanting to sell, etc. And then I'll call them back within 24 hours, and I'll and I'll give them uh, an offer. And and then the other thing is, if they don't want to call up, they can just text. So they can text the short code to a they can te- text fast uh, to a short code, and yeah, and they'll get a phone call back within 24 hours with an with an offer on their property. Oh, fantastic! So you're really taking it into your own hands now to go out there it's, and find yeah, the deals. So that that's one of my yeah, that's one of my big goals this year is is to get is to get a lot more direct vendor leads because okay. i need to up my game up your game huh <laughs> up my game <laughs> what's your what's your opinions on auctions because i know you're a, you're a firm face in most auctions in the northeast most people know you auction <laughs> you're everywhere when you go to an auction theo is there i'm there i'm always there back in the room uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love auctions to be honest. Um, but again, it's it, it's the same with with with, with most things. Um, there, there is a lot of competition at auctions, but the more auctions you go to, the more properties you view, then the more chance that you've got of picking something up. Um, I never go to an auction with the intention to buy to buy that one deal. No, it's it's more of I'll go to the auction, I'll see. I'll see what do a bit of research before I got the auction. So I'll have a look at the catalogue, do any viewings. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I'll go I'll go at the auction. Um and what I like to do is sometimes I don't even if I've got a property that I'm interested in, sometimes I don't even bid. I'll just stand there at the back of the room, watch what happens, and then hope that things don't sell. And when they don't sell, I'm straight away back of the room. And I'll try and find out what what the reserve price is, and and uh, and try and strike up a, a deal that way. I remember you telling me a little while ago about a property that you, I think it might be a recent purchase that you got from auction that you kind of offered a lot higher on it, and it went to auction and it didn't sell, and then you ended up getting it for a lot. Yeah, of yeah, 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 yeah. So this was actually the, the same day that I'd left my job. Um, okay. So the same day that I left my job uh, last year. I uh, I I had a little bit of little bit of money left in the bank and, and, and any sensible person would sort of say that money I'm gonna leave for my rainy day, this is what I'm <laughs> gonna live off for the next few months. But no, not Theo. Theo <laughs> goes and blows it in an auction on the same evening that he leaves his job. <laughs> the whole lot. <laughs> the whole lot. Oh good the on you. Lot. So I mean I'm always I'm one of these people that goes big or goes for. So I'm I'm an all in type of guy. Um, yeah, so I've uh, I went I went to auction. So I went and viewed this property. I was interested in it, 
and uh, I offered them, I think it was so good numbers, but yeah, 63 grand. Um, I offered them 55, 55 grand on the day. Uh, they rejected it. So and they said they were going to go to auction. So I was like, fair enough. Um, on the same day, they also had two other offers on this property. So I thought, oh, well, there's going to be a fair bit of competition on this house. Um, so went to the auction. Not a single soul bid on this property. Wow. Not a single soul. There was nobody there. Uh, so I didn't bid. He just went there. Didn't bid. So to the back of the room, they, uh, they told me the reserve price. The reserve was actually £55,000. Okay. Um, so I made them a cheeky offer of 50 grand and, <laughs> uh, and they come back and accepted it. No way. <laughs> so, yeah. So uh, a hot tip for an auction, you know, I think the, the, the tip I would take away from that is be very firm with your offer and don't increase it or don't be pressured into increasing it and just yeah. sometimes go with the flow. Yeah. Again, it comes back to discipline. Um, work out your numbers figure out what the maximum you can pay for it and never go over it. And you're very strict on that, right? Very, very strict on that. Even even very if strict. it was five or six hundred pounds either way, you wouldn't shift. I wouldn't shift. I'm very I'm a very stubborn guy. Wow. <laughs> a non emotional bidder. Non emotional. There's no emotions. I leave my emotions out of home. Oh wow. That's some solid bit of advice because sometimes you're in an auction room and you know I'm a prime. Yeah, get the yeah. I'm yeah, a prime yeah. example of this. Um, back in the <laughs> early days, apparently when we were on homes under the hammer, I paid yeah, three to three times over, three times over the guide. The guide yeah, <laughs> that's how not to do it. Eh? That well, you know what? I was still lucky. We still turned a thirty thirty something thousand pound profit on it, but it could have been oh, a wow. hell of a lot worse. A hell of yeah. a lot worse. So, I think emotional I bidding. Mean, yeah, emotional bidding gets you in trouble. Now, do you still do you still attend auction rooms even when you don't have money to purchase a property? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I st- I'm always attending auctions to be honest. But I'm a firm believer in if 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 I didn't have the money but I found the deal, I'd be able to find the money from somewhere. Right. Yeah, I'm a firm believer. If you find a good deal, the money will come. And and you were confidently exchanging the property, and just think, yeah, I'll find it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. I've I've I bought houses on credit card. I bought a house for a deposit on a credit card before. Um, I'm willing to sell my car to pay a deposit. And there's there's loads there's loads of avenues the way that I can raise money. Um, yeah, there's loads of different avenues. There's bank loans. There's yeah, there's obviously private investors. There's yeah, family. There's always there's always some way you can you can find some money. And do you do you work with any private investors or JV partners? No. So everything that I've that I've done so far is just all self funded. It's all being self funded um, through buyer refurbish and refinance. Mm-hmm. Is is a JV partners and you know people loaning? Is that something you'd consider? Yeah, I mean, it all depends on. I'd, I'd be willing to be working with with people. I mean, it's all got to be depending on on the right on the right person. Um, I truly believe that, that that person that if you do want to JV with, they've got to share the same vision and values as, as you do. Right, right. No, some uh, some really insightful stuff there.
So what's the what's the game plan for Theo now? Is there a particular strategy that's pricking your ears and you're thinking, oh, I want to find out a little bit more about that, or or is there? A, is yeah, there... I mean, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm very interested in 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 keep building my portfolio. Um, three bedroom, semi detached houses that work all day long. Um, and then on top of that, I'm, I'm looking to buy more HMOs. What's the game plan for Theo now moving forward? What's the strategy? Yeah, so the strategy is I keep building my portfolio um, with, with single left properties. They work all day long in my area. And then on top of that, I'd like to buy more um, HMOs, house and multiple occupations. Um, yeah, do them up to a, to, a, to a great standard. And I'm also interested in, in, in commercial conversions as well. Um, buying an old disused um, block of offices or warehouse and then splitting it into multiple apartments. Um, I'm actually project managing um, a commercial conversion at the minute. Uh, it's a block of offices that's been converted into five apartments. So, yeah, it's something that I'm very interested in doing myself as well. Right, okay. On the note of project management, what I just want to quickly touch on is, so for everyone listening, I met Theo through I think it was actually a Facebook group like a Middlesbrough property Facebook group or something um so I was a few probably about a year ago I was on Google looking for high yielding areas of investment and obviously number one was TS1 and TS5 (laughs) over in Middlesbrough and uh I'm almost certain you know you guys up there don't want us southerners knowing about this and coming up there (laughs) and by trying to buy everything but anyway so it kind of pricked my ears because I thought, God, man, these guys like they are they're making some serious yields off uh, off off these HMOs, and I thought I need to get a piece of this action. So I, I started doing my um, my research over in TS one and TS five, and uh, we went up there, me and a friend of mine, and we we started looking at deals. Again, we were just looking at stuff off right move. None of the figures worked or anything, and then uh, I found this particular auction property and. Uh, I thought, you know what, this looks cheap. And this is what got me uh, got me kind of connected with Theo. And it was through social media. So I just wanted to talk about the power of social media. Me and Theo met through social media. I reached out to him and I told him, hey, man, I'm, I'm looking at buying this property in Middlesbrough. Do you mind if I have a chat with you? We ended up having a chat and I ended up buying this property. And Theo knew all about this property. In fact, I think half of Middlesbrough knew about this property. <laughs> And on the auction day, because it was, it did go to auction on the auction day. Um, I think there was quite a few people bidding on it, right? There was, yeah. I mean, I was at the auction myself, and there was uh, there was quite a few people interested in it. And I'm I'm the old telephone bidder on the other side, and then the, te- <laughs> the telephone bidder wins it, and I get a text from Theo saying, "Oh, was that you?" And it was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, I bought it, I bought it." And you know, and that's when that's when it you know shit hit the fan for me because I was like, okay, now I've got to, oh damn man, I've got to now do the work on this. And I knew I wasn't going to find any tradesmen or anything. And uh, I think this is where Theo, you know, really helped me out. And he and he proposed his project management services. And uh, I wanted to just talk a little bit about that, my experience of the whole thing of working with Theo. Um, it, I can I can only but say it was fantastic. You know, from the start right the way through to the end i think the project how long did the project take to finish uh good question i think it was over 15 weeks just over 15 weeks yeah yeah about 15 weeks yeah but yeah yeah, just under 16 so from this from the very start to the end 
for me, as as the person who bought it, it it's it's been the least stressful project I've ever done. Uh, and I think it all comes down to having a good project manager. So um, I would say if you are looking to invest further afield or away from home, now for me, Middlesbrough is 275 miles away from home. That's two and a half hours on a train or four hours in the car. My, I would always strongly urge someone to find a decent project manager. And uh, I'm glad I found a decent project manager because a decent project manager not only saves you money, but he knows a local tradesman. He knows how the system works up there. You know, I say he might be a she, she, he, she. They all know how the system works up there. And for me, you wouldn't believe it. In 16 weeks, I've been to that property three times. The first time I went there was when me and Fia saw it together and it was a shit tip. I think the second time was when it was, what, halfway through the build? Yeah, I think we just plastered it. Halfway through the build. And then the third time I go up there... This guy's got paint on the wall. Like, I mean, every time I went on site, he would amaze me at the level of work that was done. And what really amazed me was uh, how much, how, how little input I had into it. And I was I was quite happy with that because, you know, I was quite happy just to pass it all over to Theo and let him deal with the stress. <laughs> now, I know, I know this guy had a lot of stress with this project. I know he had a lot of stress, but, you know, as his client, and, you know, we're really good friends now. But as his client at the time, not once did he let me let me let on to that stress. He didn't let he didn't want me to share that stress. He didn't want me to know about it. It's only after when we had conversations that he said to me, you know, I've had certain issues here. I've had certain issues there, James. But at the time, as a client working with him, I've got nothing but good things to say about his service, because for me, I didn't need to be there. And it meant I could deal with my stuff down in London and the funny thing is, it's it's um, it, like it's it's the one project that I've been involved in that's run so smoothly from day one. <laughs> and you think this all started a year ago with a Google search on high yielding rental areas in the UK, and you look at how the link's gone from there to meeting you on social media, and then for us doing a project together and you managing it so well. And, you know, finishing it off to such a great standard that when the agents were around having a look, the agents, me and Theo were both there and the agents are having a look and they're saying, oh, James, you've done such a great job. I was like, hey, 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 hands up. I've not done this great work. Theo's done this great work. You know, he's the one who's handled this from from start to finish. And all the positive comments that we got, like, you know, they're saying, oh, this is one of the best HMOs we've seen. You've really thought this out well the ensuite bathrooms, everything's finished to such a high standard, USB ports and the plugs and high-speed internet. So everything was very, very well thought out. And I think the icing on the cake was the the finance plan that, or the, you know, the financial forecast that Theo did on this was so, so, so thorough. I would say he was bang on the penny almost with most things. You, you look back now and how he's forecasted the costs on this, and it was, you know, it was there with all the money. It's really, really gone to town with it. So from my point of view as a client on using Theo as a project manager, but I got nothing but great things to say. And uh, I don't know if you want to add anything to that, Theo. But, um, no, I, pre- I appreciate it. And uh, likewise, it was, a, it was a pleasure working with you, James. And I think, you know, if anybody in the Northeast, I don't know, I don't know if Theo's pushing that project management service, I'm going to push it for him anyway. If there is somebody up there looking, you know, 
if you've got an investment property and you're looking for someone to manage the whole thing for you, man, I would I would say reach out to this guy, you know, because uh he he will make your life he will make your life easy and I think it's a very, very fair fee that he charges and he gets shit done and there's no messing around. If there's a if there's a bad tradesman, he's out on his back. You know, he's not he's not putting up with any nonsense. So in yeah. terms of project management, um it was it was it was superb working with you on that sense. No, likewise, it was uh, it was great working with you, James. It was uh, sorry for that massive snag play. list as well. <laughs> Say it again. I said sorry for that massive snag list. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I mean, it, it, they're only little daft things. Um, we've got them all sorted. But right, I'm gonna before I wrap this up, I'm gonna ask you a quick question. What's your current portfolio look like? Yeah, so my current portfolio, I'm not going to name the number of properties, but That's fine. it's just in excess of 1.1 million in in, in, in overall yeah. um, in the northeast. I mean, it doesn't sound a lot to the southerners, but in the northeast, it's it can buy a few properties a lot. And what? And over how much time have you done that? Yeah, so it's took me it's took me just over two years to get to I mean, one. I'm not going to yeah, I'm not going to count the first one because. Uh, that that was uh, whilst I was at uni, and it was a long time ago. But yeah, wow. Now it's, I it's I know I know the northeast market now. Well, I, I I claim to know a bit of it now. As Theo says, you're talking about properties that are, you know, you can buy a property for thirty, forty, fifty thousand pounds. So to have a portfolio in two years, that's worth one point one million pound. That's that's phenomenal, mate. That's uh, hats off to you, mate. That's uh, that's some serious stuff, especially up there. Oh. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah. What? It is... Yeah. Go on, sorry. No, no, go on. Go on, let you finish. No, no I'm just the same. Uh, I mean, anyone can achieve this. All I need to do is just put their head down and uh, and graft for it. Really. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you, man. Once you got that goal set, once the why is there, the vision's there, and why you're doing what you're doing, um, yeah, I think you just need to go all guns blazing, and you know, like you said, go go hard or go home. Is I know that's a <laughs> that's a that's a, that's a that's a Theo saying, um, and you know, one I know you, one I know you live by in your life in in all in all aspects. So, no hats off to you there, Theo. I want to wrap it up by asking you if there's one bit of advice you could give to someone who's out there, who's young, thinking I want to do this, I want to do what Theo's done, or I want to go down a property property kind of sector. What's one bit of yeah. advice you'd give them? One bit of advice would be to to get started, just get started. Um, a lot of people procrastinate over the first one. They overanalyze absolutely everything. My advice would be just get educated, read some books, speak to people that have done it, listen to podcasts. I mean, this this podcast is, is a great podcast, so it's a good one to get started with. And uh, yeah, and, and, and just and just buy the first one. It's it's like, it's like riding a bike once once you've got your once you you've got your first one everything else uh, gets better okay last question i'm going to finish on theo what's one vice or naughty pleasure you can't live without <laughs> i wasn't expecting this one james uh, what's one thing theo has to do a naughty thing a bit of a vice something a naughty pleasure a naughty pleasure Oh, good question. You're asking it now. Uh, you startled me. I've, I've lost the words. 
You can't see pro. You can't say protein shake because that's just a standard thing. In I, was, I was going to say protein bars. <laughs> have I got you with that one? You've, you've got me with that one, James. Oh, well, we'll you've have to. Ca- I'll have to catch an answer on that with you sometime, sometime in the future. <laughs> now, if anyone anyone wants to find you, mate, where can they find you if they want to reach out and ask you a question? That's if you're if you're happy to take any questions. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm happy to answer anyone's questions or if I can help with anything then then feel free to give me a shout so I'm, I'm on Facebook um, Theo Al-Ali T-H-E-O and his surname is A-L-A-L-I um, the same again on Instagram um, yeah and, and alternatively you can email me at Theo at Al-Ali A-L-A-L-I property group.co.uk that's fantastic now I'm going to finish off by saying guys there's not many there's not many genuine people you meet in this game, and this chap right here is a real genuine guy. We've we've done some good business this year together, and we're going to continue doing some good business in the future. And if you're up there in the northeast, if you're selling a house, reach out to this guy. What's that? What's your property thing called? Home, home, home buyers northeast. Home home buyers northeast. Just log on to there. You can get a valuation for your house. This guy will buy your house off you in seven days if you're looking to sell it. Uh, no questions asked. Very sensitive as well if you've got a sensitive situation, so reach out to him. Yeah. But, yeah, thanks again, Fio. I think uh, it's always great talking to you, mate. I know we can go on for hours when we start talking, um, but thank you very much for agreeing to no, come like, on to this podcast, mate. Likewise. It was, uh, thanks for having me, James. No worries, mate, and I'll finish you there. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the J2 Hub podcast with James Sahota. If you like the podcast... Feel free to subscribe so you never miss another podcast from James. And if you got value from this podcast, do take the time to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever else you consume your podcast content from. And remember, you're never too late to become something you truly want to become.